Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jadikin. I don't know why I said it that way. It's a long day. We just had like four takes trying to get this right. right. Um, That's how much we care. (laughs) And I just did a big um at the top of the show. You know what? We try. (laughs) We really try. So, Desi, I'm going to start the show off by reading our Patreon contributors for this past week. Okay. Patreon is where we uh, post our bonus episodes, and our bonus episodes are a lot dirtier than our main episodes, our regular episodes. So if you'd like to become a subscriber and get all of this free content, well, it's not free, all of this yeah. content, extra content, I should say, yeah. um, subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash We do one per Hollywood week, Crime and then we scene. also have um, our old podcast showing up for just a dollar That's per right. month, so you get that. That's right. Hell yeah. Okay, <laughs> so this week we had Emily... We had Monique, Savannah, Brooke, Karen, Dana, Holly, and Ava. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. So much. Okay. Well, well Desi, I'm on the edge of my fucking seat right you now. You are? Yes. Okay. I have a lot. I, I have a lot of, of I'm information. I'm so excited. So for a while now, there's been this story kind of lurking about the actress from Smallville, which I never watched. Did you watch Smallville? No, of course not. Uh, yeah. It's basically like um, a prequel to, to Superman, Superman, or it's like when they're younger and hotter. It's like a CW show, right? I had a friend who was really into Smallville, and every- I'm not judging the show. Like, no. It could be a great I'm show. I'm just saying that I just every never week it. he'd be like, he's going to be Superman any day now, yeah. any week, and he never turned into Superman, the whole right. show. Spoiler alert. So- um, an actress from that show who I guess was a pretty big character named Chloe. Her name is Allison Mack. I actually saw stories sort of surfacing around this thing that she's been involved in for a while. And then of course, like on our Facebook group, people have been mentioning it as something they'd like right. us to cover. Right. Well, last week or was it last week? April 19th, Allison Mack, the name of the actress, was officially arrested. She was accused of being a leader and a prime recruiter for what's being described as kind of like a sorority-esque group of young women who were manipulated into serving as slaves for their male master, a man named Keith Rainier, who is a self-help guru loser. <laughs> That's my addition to the, <laughs> to the charges. Does he add that? Uh, he kind of looks like like a granola e nerdy David Foster Wallace type. Hold on. Like I need to look this up. Yeah, look him up. up. <clears throat> What's his name? <clears throat> Keith Rainier. R A N I E R E. Okay. E? Okay. Anyways, uh, federal prosecutors described in court documents, they said that she's basically second in command of this sex cult that preyed on these vulnerable uh, young women. And it was basically all for the benefit of Keith's horniness and his sadistic control freak sociopathic needs. This guy sucks. <clears throat> and yeah. I ju- all I see is this picture of him. The l- He's got kind of longish hair. It's like thin kind of 
floppy, longish hair down to his shoulders and a salt and pepper beard. And he doesn't look old. He has like very round sunglasses, like very date, like he's very dated looking. He looks right, like his he style never, is bad. He looks like he never evolved past. I believe he's like almost sixty, like he's what? in his late fifties. But I, I don't know how old those pictures are. Like looking his at. skincare looks pretty good. I mean, he. I don't think he's unattractive, like he, in a gross sort of way. I'm not attracted to him, uh, and I think he certainly doesn't look like someone who's almost sixty. But he is. No. Uh, she's facing 15 years to life imprisonment on charges of sex trafficking, conspiracy, and conspiracy to commit forced labor. Wow. So Keith is the leader of an organization called Nexium, and that's spelled super fucked up. Right. It's N-X-I-V-M. It kind of reminds me of that band. <laughs> like all the, those hipster bands But they have the that? Vs. Like instead, churches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Instead of the U. I hate that. <clears throat> and look. Nexium is a multi-level marketing organization. Oh my god! Oh my god! Desi and I just found out about these. <laughs> well, I actually knew about them, but I didn't know that they were called that. I thought they I were had just never pyramid heard. Schemes. Well, yeah, it's almost the same thing. So it's kind of like your aunt selling Herbalife on Facebook, or like all of these other organizations, or like the queen. my aunt does not sell Herbalife on. No, Facebook. no, I meant like in general, Anyone's, like someone's aunt. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's like the queen, the one, the woman we found oh, a few weeks queen. ago who sells jewelry Stacey. from paparazzi jewelry on Facebook. She's kind of crazy. You should look for her. Yeah. Maybe we'll post some links on our Facebook we, page. We're obsessed with her right now. Uh, anyways, Nexium is a, like I said, a multi-level marketing organization, and they offer personal and professional development seminars. They're based in Albany uh, County, New York, um, and kind of like all... MLMs, now that I'm using the language, <laughs> the lingo, there's like a cult-like vibe to these things, totally. right? Um, they swear by the products. They change their right. life. So as with some of these sort of things that maybe start off more innocently, uh, and innocently is in quotation marks, some of these kind of veer off into this cult vibe right. pretty quickly and get kind of extra. Um, and this cult, uh, or this market MLM, is something that definitely went into the glory days of Jim Jones, Manson, the family, and Father Yod, <laughs> like <laughs> as as we uh, talked about last week. So who is this piece of shit? <laughs> I'm a very official reporter. Keith Rainier, uh is a fucked up dude. Um, <laughs> so fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. I actually wrote that in my notes Yay. for the teachers out there who want to know what I actually, what stupid shit I actually have in my notes. Unlike Rachel's, mine have typos everywhere. I'm actually surprised, <clears throat> given my level of education, that my notes are so organized. That's right. like the one area of my life is my notes for the show that are surprisingly like I'm not embarrassed of. It's right. so weird. Well, that's why I didn't post mine. Mine are like a freaking mess. Um, <laughs> I could post some of them, I guess. I don't care. Anyways, Keith Rainier was born August 26, 1960. He is the son of a New York City ad exec, and his mom was a ballroom dance instructor. He grew up in Brooklyn until the age of five, and then he moved to Albany, New York uh, after his mother died. He claim <clears throat> This is a something that people say. He claims to have attended the... Uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in 1981. So I don't know if they don't have an official record that he did that. An old bio of Keith's calls him, and this is in quotes, one of the top three problem solvers in the world. 
So wait, he wrote I, that, right? I guess he wrote that. Like, totally. uh, so That's he like, has like a Trump level kind of, you know, illusions of grandeur. Have you ever had to write your own bio for something? It's mortifying. It's mortifying. Even when you're doing the most basic shit. I hate writing about myself in the I third person, but I would never, I would I mean, never, how say would you that. ever claim to be the top, one of the top three? No. Who's the other two? Me, Stephen Hawking <laughs> will no longer. So now I'm in the top two. <laughs> like, like, what is that? According to a 2020 report that happened long after this, he also has a genius IQ. He was a talented pianist. And the reason I'm bringing this up at all is because he was also a judo champ as a child. Oh my god! Which I thought, like, yeah, I was like, what is with judo and these like cult leaders? I do feel like they kind of always, kind of bring in this Asian philosophy and religion and stuff like that to make it maybe more spiritual or something. They think it's more like, oh, we're offering you something different than you can get with Western. I don't know. It's weird. I just thought the judo connection was hilarious. That's so funny. Anyways, if you're still not sure about the level of narcissism we're dealing with with, with Keith, on his website around uh, the year 2003, he quotes um, Albert Schweitzer, Margaret Mead, and himself, because he's at that level. That he's one quotable. Of, yeah. One of his quotes is, humans can be noble. The question is, will we put forth what is necessary? He goes on to say that he represents the change humanity needs in order to alter the course of history. Okay, So this guy's full of it. Uh, Some more BS from him, uh, from Keith. This is all stuff he said about himself. He claims to have spoken in full sentences by the time he was a year old. Shut up. Uh, He taught himself high school math in 19 hours when he was 12. (laughs) Sorry. These are just like the nerdiest things. Even if that's true, why would you waste your time doing that? Right. And as we all know, the people who talk about how smart they are are actually the dumbest people (laughs) and the most insecure. Yeah. Uh, me and Rachel always talk about how dumb we are. So that means we're really smart. <laughs> I, I tweeted something. I was like, one of my best qualities is that I think I'm dumber than I actually am. And right. someone, and like a couple people were like, oh, don't be so hard on yourself. And I was right. like, I don't mean it. Like, I think I'm stupid, but like, I'm not, it's not something I yeah. am willing to learn. I know I don't fucking right. know everything. Right. I know. I don't know a lot of stuff. Um, by the age of 13, he claims that he had learned three years of college math and several computer languages. I didn't even know there were more than one computer languages, but he knows several. What? As a boy, he also um, became obsessed with an Isaac Asimov sci-fi novel about a brilliant scientist who reduced all human behavior to mathematical equations. And that's what inspired Rainier to try and do the same thing. Like He thought he could distill human behavior into mathematically and figure out ways to um improve it okay so after he supposedly a graduate graduated from the um renoncelaire polytechnic institute he said he he majored in physics math and biology and he uh after that went on to work in computer programming programming and consulting are you guys sitting down this is also something I wrote in my notes. Yes. Rainier also found inspiration in the books of Ayn Rand. Uh-oh. Here <laughs> we go. So as you know, like her books are basically all about sort of the importance of the individual and basically being aggressive and doing whatever the fuck you want ruthlessly to achieve your own kind of goals. Fuck everyone yeah, else. Yeah, fuck everyone else, basically. So he began to kind of really nurture that idea of... Uh, self-interest as the path to ethical behavior. I mean, that's ultimately the goal. They think putting yourself first will ultimately, like if everyone puts their self first, 
I, I'm not quite sure how it works. But I feel like that's how we got into this mess. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's all very jerky. <laughs> also started feeling like, had like strong opinions about like working for people. He felt employees took jobs they didn't like, and then they made decisions they didn't believe in. And he uh, thought that a more ethical world would be available to us all if people understood what their goals were and started pursuing him. So he's already starting to build his uh, philosophy that's going to come into play later when he builds his empire or whatever. He actually, in 1990, started his first business that was called Consumers Byline. And guess what? It was a multi-level marketing program (laughs) that uh, he claimed offered commissions to old customers who recruited new customers AKA a pyramid scheme. It's funny how they always act like this is a new thing. Right. No, it's not a pyramid scheme. No, it's not a pyramid scheme. No scam. Just because you earn money by recruiting more people. It's not. It's different. uh, And basically, he got crowds of thousands. He would go around the country and get them all excited about discounts on groceries and dishwashers and things like that. Like that was sort of the thing. He, a person who went to one of these seminars at the time, said he was a, a mythological figure. The guy with the 240 IQ was coming to town. Is that even possible? I've never heard of such a. I, I mean, I, I'm under the impression that even 160 is like, come, come on, on. <laughs> 240. That's impossible. <clears throat> right. So, who has that? According to Rainier, uh, by the end of 1993, he had sold $1 billion in goods and services. He employed 80 people and had a quarter million people paying him $19 a month to participate in this Jesus. pyramid scheme. He claimed at the time he was worth $50 million. But according to people who knew him during this time, he never had money. <laughs> he slept all day and he would roll into the office around 10 p.m., sometimes holding meetings at 1 a.m. <laughs> So wow. I don't know. It just doesn't li- line up like what he's claiming and then his practices as a business owner, like <laughs> of a, you know, billion dollar corporation. Uh, surprise, surprise, debt ballooned and people started complaining. Uh, regulators in 20 states began investigating the business. And then in 1993, the New York uh, attorney general filed a suit against him against the company Consumer Byline. And Renair basically settled for $40,000, and he only ended up paying $9,000 of that. He said he couldn't pay the rest, even though he was living off of savings. So clearly he had the money. I always get bummed out by like these kind of civil settlements where people end up never paying them. Like, yeah, there's always these it's ways really, to kind of get out of them, like with OJ or even like criminal cases that end up becoming civil cases. Right. They never really get it. So, and, and obviously he felt really bad about it because a year later he opened up another multi-level <laughs> marketing company. This time it was called National Health Network and they sold vitamins. Of course. At the time he had a girlfriend named Tony Natalie and she set up a health food shop in upstate New York. And it was there in 1997 that Rainier met a woman who would eventually become his business partner and her name is Nancy Salzman. She was a nurse and a therapy uh, a therapist who had studied hypnosis and neurolinguist programming, which therapists use to kind of um, mimic a person's speech patterns and their language in order to alter their behavior. So it's like kind of learning how to pick up on people so you can mimic them and then they'll kind of trust you or start following along with you. 
like a Meisner acting studio? Kind of. It's almost like <laughs> what a. Is that? It's almost like basically how do you brainwash someone? Now, if you're okay. going into it with like a good purpose to help them change bad habits or their, you know, things in their life they're yeah. unhappy with, obviously that can be a very good thing. If you have a sinister motive, obviously oh, that's, that's a very yeah. bad thing. Uh, Rainier also claimed to have studied both of those things as well. So when Salzman met Rainier, she was kind of going through a rough time and she found him to be, you know, charismatic. They're and always riveting, charismatic. Right? Ugh. He became her spiritual guide and she was pretty much his first like ardent follower when things started getting a little culty. Right. At some point, Sal- Salzman uh gave money uh, to this health food business. And then it uh, eventually flopped in 1999. They had like a really bitter battle in bankruptcy court. And Rainier actually sided with Salzman against his girlfriend. And um, (laughs) needless to say, that was the end of their relationship. (laughs) He actually was uh, a creepy fucking breakup boyfriend. No surprise. What did he do? He would send her verses from Paradise Lost and they were annotated things like commits to evil for protection, stupid slash weak. He would draw a diagram that plotted her life and said she was in danger of careening down a pride barrier to a dream death line. <laughs> like this kind of creepy oh, ass fuck fucking bullshit. In the late 90s, Salzman incorporated a company in Delaware that was the launch of Nexium, basically. She applied for patents on all of Rainier's behavior modification technology, and that's in quotes because that's what they called it. He began to call himself at this point the Vanguard. Like, that's how you would refer to him. Like, that was his cult name, the Vanguard. They launched – the name of his program was was uh, actually called the Executive Success Program. Then he kind of – started up Nexium and it was selling these workshops that were called the executive success program. He, uh, started off in Albany. Uh, they had chapters or whatever they're called in Manhattan, Seattle, Boston, all over Mexico. They started expanding everywhere. People would take these workshops, um, and they would, the days would begin at 8am with the, what was called the ESP hand clap, which was kind of like a gavel in a court hearing, like yeah. that, that was the start of the day. And then they would go through sessions that had topics such as money, face of the universe, control, freedom, and surrender, and other things. And here's some of the other things that they kind of um, learned in these seminars, or like the language that was kind of used. And one of them will sound very familiar to you. Uh, the first one was parasites, which were people who suffer, creating problems where none exist and crave attention. The other term that these people learned at the time was called suppressives. Oh. People who see good but want to destroy it. Thus, a person who criticized ESP uh, showed showed suppressive behavior. So they have that in Scientology. <clears throat> yeah, it's very Scientology. And I'm actually surprised like he was allowed to to use suppressive because like that is suit so, his ass off. That is so Scientology. Right. Like, I mean, that's the only time I've ever heard it. Anyways. Uh, sorry, Kathy. Anyway, <laughs> in 2003, at that point, it had been reported that approximately 37 people had taken part in these executive success programs. And he had big name people. Uh, some of the people who reportedly took these courses were uh, Sheila Johnson, who was the co-founder of BET, Antonia Novellio, who was the former Surgeon General of the United States, Stephen Cooper of Enron, Anna Christina Fox, who is the daughter of Vincente Fox, the Mexican president, and Edgar Bronfman Bronfman Sr.'s daughters, uh, Sarah and Claire 
Bronfman, uh, they are heiresses to the Seagram's fortune. Wow. Uh, that's their money, and they have a fucking so lot of it. So if they take these courses, right. then what Well, as we all know, with, these, with, the, with cults, they need money, and they need fame, famous people. Right. Like, if they can get that, that kind of cachet, right. they're sort of set. So Nexium's training and these ESP classes were kind of a trade secret. Like people who took it actually had to sign non-disclosure agreements to not speak about them. And then their technique for this personal and professional development was called rational inquiry. So it's like another sort of pseudoscience-y kind of training, like very similar to Scientology, I think. Sounds like oddity. Yeah, it, it is. And as I said before, during the seminar, all the students had to call Rainier van, the vanguard, and they called Salzman the prefect. That was her sort of name. <laughs> it's all very weird. So on the website, Nexium was billed as a community guided by humanitarian principles, and the seminars were basically what they were billed as. Yeah. Like at this point, they were expensive lectures and classes that were designed to help people set and achieve goals, overcome past traumas and sort of gain confidence and stature in their professional lives. The courses, according to sources, ranged from a five day series of classes for about $3,500 to 16 day intensive sessions to one-off classes. So they kind of had like all these price points. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's kind of like Scientology though, where they're like, pay what you, you pay know, what you can. Yeah, Next but thing it's like, you know, yeah. you're $20,000 in debt. Um, people also much like Scientology would be promoted to higher level courses. So you could like reach a right. level and then get to the next level. And these things also took places in like hotel ballrooms, conference centers, the other instructors would always play these videos of Rainier talking about his philosophies. Um, so they kind of, it's all very familiar, like kind yeah. of stuff, like nothing too crazy. Some people compared it to very, as being very similar to the Landmark Forum series or Tony Robbins kind of The events. Landmark from <clears throat> uh, Cafe Gratitude. Right. So people, you know, were saying these were legitimate courses. Like people were paying and getting what they, you know, paid right. for at this point. Up until that point, the word cult had not really been used but in 2003, that was sort of where the shit start, started to hit the fan. Okay. Uh, the first thing that happened was Nexium sued the Ross Institute for Copyright Infringement. They had published excerpts of their manual in articles. And the Ross Institute is run by a cult investigator, Rick Allen Ross. So he basically started exposing this organization as Not a cult. to be confused with Rick Ross. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Before he was... In the music biz, he was a cult investigator. <laughs> Honestly, I would watch a show called Rick Ross. <laughs> cult investigator. <laughs> that would be good. That's like an adult swim show, show totally. for sure. Come on. Uh, copyright. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so he had published all these secret things that's obviously someone who had taken them leaked to this guy, right? Right. Uh, and because all of these people had signed non-disclosure agreements, I guess he had something where he could file these suits that were all later dismissed. Also that year, Forbes published an article on Nexium, and I feel like it was initially supposed to focus on Nexium and Rainier and his like you know bio and his life. A lot of his his biography that I talked about up top is from this article because okay. it was sort of the only place that had very specific information. Yeah, but like I said, a lot of it was him fluffing himself up. Yeah, it's hardly hardly seems accurate. Um, and in it, so in it, they do talk about the Nexium, about his high level 
people taking it, these executives and, and people with tons of money and the price of it. And some coaches actually, in this article, it was re- that revealed that some of them charged $25,000 a day for some of these people. Another person in the article described it like a practical MBA course. So as I said, this was sort of supposed to be a flattering profile, but it ended up also being one of the first times the the group was described as a cult. Even the article, the name of the article was something like the cult of personality. <clears throat> but it was probably said more <clears throat> flippantly. Yeah. But he took that way too personally. Right. So despite this article, which does have some unflattering stuff in it, people were still swearing by the vanguard. And a lot of people achieved a really high rank. Like I told you, they would work themselves up. Um, And at that point, they would start getting 20% commission on any new recruits that they brought into the group. But most people at that level were not doing it for the money. It was like the prestige of moving up and getting closer to Keith, uh, including Sarah Bronfman, who at that time was 26 years old. And she started taking classes at the end of 2002 after her marriage fell apart. So she definitely was someone in a bad way who fell into a cult and felt like she was, you know, moving up and she got the rank of coach. Like she actually started becoming a coach and she started working for uh, him full time because she has like a ton of money. She's an heiress. I mean, like when I say they're rich, (laughs) they're like super fucking rich. She started talking about building uh, new centers in Australia and like all around the world. She helped him line up. Uh, investors to pay for a $15 million, 75,000 square foot building near Albany, New York, that was sort of supposed to be their like, whatever, home base, like, yeah, uh, thing. And it had like an insane six sided glass roof that was supposed to be a tribute to civilization and spreading the vanguard's gospel across the world. A quote from Sarah Bronfman at the time, I don't know how much you know about my family, but coming from a family where I've never had to earn anything before in my life, it was a very, very moving experience for me to be awarded this yellow sash. She had been, she's wearing something that she earned, a yellow sash. I'm sorry, it's so sad. It was the first thing I had earned on just my merits. Oh, that is so sad. I mean, it's really sad and you can see how easy it was to manipulate someone who really hadn't done anything with her life. And all of a sudden she's creating something that she thinks is important for the world. Right. Her dad, unfortunately was like, nah, (laughs) to all of this. He actually did take courses and, and sort of because he loved his daughters, kind of got in and checked it out. But then he ended up, you know, after he did that, he sort of, his daughter sort of cut him out and he didn't speak to, to them was he for a very, suppressor? I guess he was a suppressive personality. Um, I mean, he saw his daughters giving this guy millions of dollars. Um, and like Claire lent the program $2 million at 2.5 interest rate. Like how it was like insane. If, how about if you want to help the world, you give $2 million to the homeless, <laughs> right? That's well, like a pretty in e- this, easy way in this, uh, Forbes article, Bronfman says, I think it's a cult. Like that's a quote from him. So he directly says that in this article. The dad says that. The dad, right. So even though the Bronfman sisters, they're obviously not uh, A-list actors or whatever, very famous. They're rich. They have a ton of fucking money. There is an amazing article that really focuses in on them with this cult that's in Vanity Fair. You can look it up. I didn't I'm not going to go that much into it because it's a really long in-depth article and it's really interesting but I'm going to go into a little bit a little bit right now but you should definitely check it out if you're interested in this story so the name of that piece by the way is called the heiresses and the cults when did this come out 
I think it's like 2006. Okay. So it's like way before all of the shit started right. hitting the fan. So in that article, they talk a lot about the financial backing that these sisters gave them. One of a quote from the article is, according to legal filings and public documents, in the last six years, as much as $150 million was taken out of the Bronfman's trust and bank accounts, including $66 million allegedly used to cover his failed bets in the commodities market, $30 million to buy real estate in Los Angeles and around Albany, $11 million for a 22-seat two-engine uh, private jet, and millions more to support the lawsuits across the country against his enemies. So this is, they've given him like $150 million, at least at this point. Now, another interesting Bronfman story, and this will be the last one I tell you about. At some point in 2003, when that Forbes article came out and he had that lawsuit against the people who were saying, were saying he was a cult, he was supposed to have Goldie Hawn appear at um, some engagement at his uh, compound or whatever you want to call it in Albany. And she saw all this bad press, which he considers false press, and canceled her appearance, okay? In 2009... Wait, you mean he said it was fake news? He said it was fake news. <laughs> He's the original fake news. He has a lot in common with Donald Trump. In 2009, the, the word got out that the Dalai Lama was had, making an appearance at this compound. Wow, big get. Right, and that was sort of like part of another group he founded called the World Ethical Foundations Consortium. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but people were like a little outraged because at this point they're like, why is the Dalai Lama speaking at a fucking cult or a pyramid scheme? <laughs> like an MLM. <laughs> right. That would be like, I mean, come on, it's insane. Yeah. So a writer at the point wrote, wrote about it saying in 2003, Keith Rainier roped actress Goldie Hawn into speaking at Vanguard week, an annual Nexium event. When Hawn learned about the controversy surrounding Rainier, Nexium and ESP, she canceled her appearance. If Goldie Hawn has the sense not to appear in an event sponsored by Keith Rainier, then cancellation by the Dalai Lama winner of the Nobel peace prize should be a no brainer. <laughs> and I feel like it's a little shady towards Goldie Hawn, yeah. but like ultimately, yes, I like Goldie Hawn. Me too. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS. So the Dalai Lama did initially cancel his visit after this kind of outrage started happening. But in the in a 2010 Vanity Fair article, it says, this is a quote, what happened next is something of a mystery. Mystery. People believe that Sarah and Claire Bromfman flew to India to plead with him. And if so, it's possible uh, they were just extremely persuasive because his holiness changed his mind. What? The Dalai Lama Trust was registered in New York State two days before the Dalai Lama's appearance in Albany, and that raised some eyebrows. Calls to the women, our calls to the trust were not returned. The Bronfman money, it was said, might still be able to buy a lot of things, but not respect. So I think people speculated that they created this Dalai Lama trust and put all this money. They kind of bribed the Dalai Lama, basically, according to this uh, uh, expose in Vanity Fair. Now, another article that was written by The Observer in 2010 sort of talked about another high-profile billionaire businessman who was supposedly connected with the group, and that was Richard Branson. Branson had reportedly taken intensive Nexium courses on the Caribbean island he he owned, and he was listed along with Sarah Bronfman as one of the two benefactors of a 2008 Albany Acapella Innovations Conference <laughs> because Mr. Rainier had an obsession with acapella singing. What? So he supposedly sponsored some whatever, acapella singing competition or what? performance. Now, Virgin Management, the, a spokesperson for them, denies all of this. Okay. He says that Richard Branson had never heard of Keith Rainier. He had never met him. And there is no association between Sir Richard and Nexium. Uh, Necker Island is available for hire by members of the public. And Sarah Bromfman hired uh, Necker Island several years ago. He believed, Branson believed she was booking it for her family and friends. Nexium and Rainier were never on the guest list, but it seems like she booked it and held some kind of event there. And then they tried to make it look like Branson was also involved right. in this group. More cachet. Uh, uh, right. Just one last point here. In 2012, the Times Union published more of the high-profile Nexium 
people who uh, were sort of involved with the group. And guess who was on this list? Roger Stone. Uh, <laughs> okay, we know who Roger Stone is. And he actually was employed by Nexium at that time in 2007. That same article asked, why should we pay attention to this psycho factory? Because it has well-paced, well-heeled members and appears to be actively pursuing an entree into political fundraising because Stone paid by Nexium funneled at least $20,000 to the state GOP. <gasps> The things really started, okay, I, I think I've said at this point, like, everything is kind of borderline money, creepy money stuff yeah. and pyramid schemey and shady, right? But is it any more shady than Scientology or Tony Robbins? Probably not. That all changes in 2017. Well, Desi, to be fair, <laughs> there is a lot of sex trafficking happening in the Church of Scientology. <laughs> okay. That that's will be another, another episode. episode. <laughs> I'll do that one. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, there's some shit going down. Sure, sure. Right. Also, it's fuck Tony Robbins, too. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I acted like they were any better. I take it all back. <laughs> So in 2017, there were two major exposés about this organization. One was in the New York Times in October of 27, and that published a really like much more severe allegations against the group. And that's where we first heard about this secret sisterhood that Allison Mack uh, is allegedly involved with. The article reported on this secret sisterhood it was in this article that we first heard that Nexium refers to these female members as slaves and that they were branded with Rainier's initials. What? He also required them to provide nude photos or other potentially damaging information about themselves when they joined this group. For blackmail? For blackmail. In December of 2017, 2020 aired another expose about the group. Several former members were on the group and probably the most famous was actress Catherine Oxenberg who alleged that her daughter, India, was in danger and she was a member of this group. After Rainier was arrested this year, uh, Catherine Oxenberg released a statement saying, for months I have worked to expose Keith Rainier and Nexium, and today's arrest vindicates my efforts. I want my daughter to know I love her and that I want her back in my life. After these exposés were released or whatever, published and um, aired, Rainier fled to Mexico and so now we're going to get to the Allison Mack part and her involvement. By the way, India, I read somewhere that she was like his favorite girl, like Keith's favorite girl. Okay, we're going to get into the Allison Mack part. Okay, so I don't know how well known this is, but Vancouver uh, is a really popular filming location for yes. film and TV. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, I'm not sure, they must get some kind of film like some kind of tax break or something because it's like a, a major yeah major city for that kind of thing <clears throat> around 2005 to 2006 the actors in that in vancouver like there's a ton of actors living there at least part of the year right. uh, for filming it was like a very new agey vibe there um that was also the same year the documentary the secret came out oh <laughs> <gasps> Oh my God. Remember everyone was obsessed with that. Right. So it was just like this little period, this little pocket where people were really into this self-help and like vision boards and like yeah. uh, all of this kind of stuff. So Keith uh, is pretty smart. I don't know if he has a 240 IQ, <laughs> but Nexium opened up a large operation in Vancouver and it was there that they attracted tons of actors who were working on TV and film um, at the time. Actually, a Canadian actress named Sarah Edmondson 
was one of the first people to go public with the allegations against Rainier, and she was involved with that Vancouver S uh, Center. So as we've kind of touched upon before, S ESP or whatever ESP, I don't know why I keep saying ESP, they kind of, one of the techniques they, they used was pushing people to reveal their fears and vulnerabilities in the in sort of then overcoming those fears and vulnerabilities. So they would sort of recognize, help people recognize their trigger points, like what stops you from achieving all of your greatness. Needless to say, <laughs> that's a great opportunity to learn what triggers people and right. how you can use how that you can manipulate them. to manipulate them. <clears throat> Especially like, look, no offense, I know a lot of actors, <laughs> but that is a particularly vulnerable group, I think, who sort of want to feel special and make people happy. And they want to succeed I mean? in an yeah, industry that's so yeah. tough to succeed. I mean, and there's a reason I think Scientology and some of these groups go after these people. Right. Um, they see it as a path to success. <clears throat> right. So Allison was there during this period filming Smallville, which I think went from 2001 to 2010. It was on a long time. Yeah. I'm actually surprised that I didn't watch it for so long. <laughs> I always assume if I don't watch a show, it's only on a few seasons. No, it was but on then you're for like, a that really was on 10 years? Like, yeah. come on. And Allison, she had been acting her whole life. She was like a child actor. Actually, a friend of mine was on a show with her yeah. when she was a teenager, or he was a writer on a show she was on. She had been taught to make everybody happy from a very young age. So right. this is like a perfect, you know, perfect storm for her. Her family was kind of in the industry. Her dad was a singer and he was like a voice teacher at uh, USC. But anyway, she did have a relatively successful career. Uh, she got on Smallville. Uh, she had a major part on that. And according to people on the set of Smallville, uh, she's the least likely person to ever be involved in a criminal conspiracy, um, especially one that targeted young women for abuse, because she was very, uh, very about women empowerment and feminism. Yeah. <clears throat> Nobody, when they first heard of her involvement with this group, like all of the shit, not just like the self-help stuff, people literally can't believe it. I mean, I know that's pretty popular. Like people can never believe anything, but I kind of buy it because my friend who worked with her was like, she was just average. Like there was nothing memorable about her. Um, so I'm sure she was just very nice, normal uh, girl, right? So she became enamored of these courses and started taking them while she was in Vancouver. And she started moving up to higher levels. She started trying to recruit her coworkers on Smallville and other friends to sign up for these classes. Like I said, she was like well-liked on the Smallville set. She was always like going to Comic-Con and like very available and cooperative for fan requests and doing PR, like whatever. The sources in this article I read said that Mac did seem to struggle at times to find her place in the world. So she definitely was searching. Mm -hmm. uh, she really wanted to make a contribution to the world in a positive way. And as I said before, in her focus in making that positive sort of force in the world was about female empowerment. And she believed that that was like <clears throat> right. self-empowerment. Right. So ironically, it's that passion for female empowerment that led her to becoming basically some kind of pimp sex tra trafficker well, for the she, Vanguard. She was only interested in her self-empowerment and not lifting <clears throat> up less fortunate women. Right. I mean, I have no idea. Uh, that's just, that's my hot yeah. take on it. So... Like I said before, obviously they, they used all this information they found out about these women right. to help, you know, manipulate them. And through these courses, they started picking out potential recruits for what they were calling DOS. 
DOS stands for Dominus Obsequious Sor- Sororium, and that translates to Lord Master of Obedient Female Companions. That sounds horrifying. <laughs> it is horrifying. <clears throat> I also saw someone say, like, I guess it's more simplified, Master of Slave Women. Like, That's it's still basically, horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, I wasn't trying to make it better. It was just more, like, uh, less wordy. <clears throat> okay, so here's some stuff from the prosecution's case against this DOS sex cult or whatever you want to call it. This A lot of the stuff I'm about to say will be from the, the court filings um, against Allison. The prosecutors basically are accusing her of being the second command of this elaborate front organization that was basically designed to provide Keith with a steady stream of young women to act as his sex slaves. Um, prosecutors also allege that Mac was the co-leader in this sort of thing and that her job was to recruit the women under the guise of joining a women's empowerment group unbelievable um the women were led into the secret society which i said before was called dos it was also called the vow the vow yeah uh and you're gonna see why in a bit reality show (laughs) yeah um and as i said before they had to provide this collateral when they entered the group that would either be embarrassing photos or written testimonials that could be used against them when they tried to leave or tried to discredit other did, members. Did they have any like fake reasoning for that? Like, oh, we use it. I have. I don't know. I. I mean, I'm sure it was like probably under the guys like we need to protect you from yourself. Like, like, you like if you're an alcoholic us? or something in, uh, you know, rehab. Like we do these things to protect you from yourself. Like maybe it's one of those kind they, of things. They, like they they framed it as tough love. Right, right. Like this will stop you from doing something crazy. Like yeah. I, I have no idea what they did. That's they my did guess. <clears throat> and then the members were continually, uh, continually pressured to give more and more compromising material as as they as the longer they were in this group. Yeah, this is very uh, Handmaid's Tale coming up this next section <laughs> women were also forced to remain celibate uh and only have sex with uh with the keith. master yeah they What's weren't even name? allowed keith they no, weren't even no, or the vanguard like, yeah they weren't even allowed to masturbate like they had to save that's fucked up yeah. though. <laughs> that's a crime like i can see why that they were arrested um they were forced to remain alert at all hours like they had to be available to whoever needed them so if they were sleeping in the middle of the night they could be woken up like hey get to fucking right well not only fucking but they would also have to perform menial tasks for rainier so this is direct quotes from uh the court documents that were filed last week DOS slaves understood that if they told anyone about DOS, if they left DOS, or if they failed to complete assignments given to them by their masters, their collateral would be released. A number of DOS slaves, including Jane Doe No. 1, performed services other than sex, such as editing Rainier's articles and transcribing interviews for the benefit of the defendant, believing that if they did not, their collateral would be released. So he's using them to like, and I read somewhere else to do that she's work. doing these uh, transcribing interviews and editing these articles that were literally like brain fucking throw up on the page. Like she had to go through this shit and make it like readable. I'm not going to say it was worse than having to fuck him, but it does sound like a very bad task. I mean, to, to, to edit shitty writing is horrible. It's awful. The masters who gave these assignments received the financial benefit of free labor from their slaves. So the people, like I said, it was kind of like a pyramid scheme within the sex organization. They would get 
benefit of having these people be their slaves as well. Like the higher ranked you were in the, in the women section or the vow or whatever, you would also get these people to use as your slaves. So women were using other women, not for sexual things, but just to do things like, uh, pick me up. Yes. Um, many DOS slaves were also groomed for sex with the defendant one being ordered to adhere to very restricted diets, the defendant is known to sexually prefer extremely thin women. Being ordered to remain celibate, the defendant has taught that women has taught that women should be monogamous, but that men are naturally polyamorous. I want to fucking <laughs> punch this guy in the dick. I know. And this is like honestly the only one I kind of agree with him on. They were ordered to stop waxing or shaving their pubic hair. The defendant is known to sexually prefer women with a lot of pubic hair. Desi's like, I'm okay with that. Well, I mean, come on. Uh, I thought that was, it is a bizarre fucking thing right. to do to somebody. This is all um, awful. Right. The slaves were told that they were being given these orders to benefit themselves. The DOS masters who directed their slaves to have sex with the defendant received financial benefits in the form of continued status and participation in DOS, as well as financial opportunities from the defendant. Moreover, DOS slaves were seriously sleep deprived from participating in the readiness drills, which required them to respond to their masters anytime, day or night. So obviously when you're sleep deprived, you're even more... These women are worn down. Right. And probably hungry. Rainier has physically assaulted at least two intimate partners. Prosecutors alleged to a filing to deny bail for Rainier, who remains in custody. In 2002... Uh, under the guise of mentorship, he encouraged a woman to run headfirst into a tree and to drink from a puddle. He also co-founded a movement called Society of Protectors, which in part relied on humiliating women in order to eradicate weaknesses the defendant taught were common in women. For example, women attending the classes were forced to wear fake cow udders over their breast while people called them derogatory names. That's very, didn't Jim Jones do something like that? to people i don't know but i i mean that's insane that's just so humiliating he like abused these women and and other women sort of let it happen right the coercion went so far as to include a mutilation ritual what in which some of the women were branded in their pelvic area with a cauterizing pen uh with a symbol that incorporated rainier's initials according to prosecutors and i had seen some pictures of this branding no way Max slaves were kept seriously sleep deprived and emaciated to the point where they stopped menstruating. <gasps> so I was right. They were hungry. Yeah. During the ceremonies in which her slaves were branded, the defendant placed her hands on the slave's chest and told them to feel the pain and to think of their master as the slaves cried out. The defendant also provided naked photographs of her slaves to Rainier and was aware of Rainier's proclivity for having sex with multiple young women. So she's like willingly, she's not like, she doesn't know what's not going on. This is about like, she's Alice not and just Matt. like bring. Yeah, Allison doesn't just think, "Oh, I'm bringing women into this group, and I have no idea what he does at she that point." Knows. She knows everything, uh, according to these court documents. So, I mean, the image of her showing up in jail scrubs to a court hearing was pretty, you know, a pretty con- pretty big contrast to her image on this show, right. where she's a plucky whatever plucky she looks like a yeah play would play plucky and everyone who knows her is like this is she's She's a different person she's a different person this is not the girl that they knew so mac was released from federal custody on five million bond last week and she is in plea negotiations negotiations now with prosecutors 
And it's believed that she's going to cooperate against Rainier. Good, I guess, but she's not going to go down with him or she's going to help convict him. She was released um, on home detention with electronic monitoring, monitoring. So she's in her parents' house now in Los Alamitos, California. And her parents put up their property to get her on bail. So they're kind of risking it all for their daughter at this point. So since this story has broke, a lot of people have come forward saying she's tried to recruit recruit them famous people well first of all some of the people who were involved in the group include linda evans uh nikki klein allison mack we already mentioned Kristen crook who was on the show with her and grace park who was on like hawaii 50 and battlestar galactica and she actually did a series of youtube videos with keith rainier like conversations i don't know if they're still up they might have been taken down but there were at some point videos with him Kristen. Kruick, 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 Kruick. Uh, she actually introduced Allison to Nexium. Uh, she had taken classes in late 2005. She left the group in 2012. So she was involved in the group, but not the sexual whatever. Um, uh, after she was arrested, Kristen tweeted out a statement acknowledging, acknowledging that she was affiliated with the group. Uh, This is her quote. During my time, I never experienced any illegal or nefarious activity. I left the group about five years ago. The accusation accusation that I was in the inner circle or recruited women as sex slaves are blatantly false. She was went on to say that she was disgusted with what has come out about DOS and described herself as deeply disturbed and embarrassed by her former ties to the organization. Some other people, and these are like, I found a whole article where they've, um, I'm not sure if they're live tweets or screen grabs. She would tweet at people to get them in the organization, what? including actress Emma Watson. So like a famous actress, she tried to get her Kelly in. Clarkson. <laughs> I mean, like big people. What would she say in the tweets? The tweets are like, hold on a second. The tweets are embarrassing. They're like, hey, like I saw you on this show talking about, you know, finding your feminist voice. I'd love to talk to you sometime about this women's empowerment group that I think you would love. Like they're that kind of like recruity culty kind of bullshit. She would also tweet at and send emails to several like feminist writers, like famous, like or well-known feminist writers with the same kind of bullshit. Like, and people have posted on Twitter. uh, Maybe I'll share the link to the article. It's also a Vanity Fair article about all the women she sent and they shared their emails from her. Like, Hey, like I loved your article. Yeah. Just like, and some of them are like, I never responded to her, but it's like, now I wish I did to kind of get information on this kind of stuff. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy to read these, uh, emails. Um, Anyways, so as I said, Rainier was indicted on federal charges, arrested in Mexico. So he's facing charges of sex trafficking. uh, And he did appear in front of a federal judge in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, And I think that he will be extradited to New York State to kind of face these charges of sex trafficking and forced labor, uh, etc. And who knows, more stuff could come out, right? Um, So that is basically all the information I have. (laughs) It was a lot. It's a lot. Well, I mean, not that I just use Wikipedia, but the Wikipedia page on this is nothing. Like, right. There's not even like a basis. So it's like I had to go through tons of articles just to piece together. Like I couldn't find anything on his early childhood and background. And all I really have is what is clearly his fake (laughs) story. Right. 
but yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. I know. I don't think I ever saw such a detailed, like how he went from one MLM to the next. And then eventually it turned into this sex cult. It really does make you make it seem like they get this power and, and learn how to manipulate people and they can't help, but eventually use it. But that's what he wanted, even when he was just doing the mundane MLM stuff. It's like he did want status. He didn't care who who he was fucking over. He but I would love to know, like, what was the twit? What at what point did he say I'm going to use this to fuck women? Because that didn't happen, in, I think, until you know much later in his career. Maybe it was early on. I in just, the cult. I'm, I'm sure he just looked at all the power and sway he had and right. was like, I could really capitalize on this. Or thinking like. There could be some twisted thing of thinking about women. Like he clearly is a huge misogynist. Oh, like yeah, Like he totally. thinks women needed to be broken down this way, right. I think, to find their empowerment. Like I w- I'm sure there is some twisted logic on his part that he needed to completely unempower women and to get them to, to- build them up to his right, image. Right, Because a lot of these like more intense- training programs I have heard about things that are more legit in quotation marks like est or the form like they all have these kind of breaking down where you're giving up some kind of power you know what I mean like even if it's just walking across hot coals like they're making you they're forcing you outside of your comfort zone right in some way I mean obviously sex slave is way forced outside of your comfort zone yeah but I feel like there are these elements to every self-help and thing and, and, you know, group where they are kind of forcing you to do these things you don't want to do. Like, or just getting out as exercises to get yourself out of your comfort zone. Right. But and I can even say not like, all of those exercises are bad. They're not bad, but there is this element. I think like, I remember someone I know was took like the Est courses and those were kind of big in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. And they would do things like he took them as a child, but they would do things like you weren't allowed to go to the bathroom. What? So you would have to hold your, your, cause it was like considered like you don't have control. And I remember first hearing that and I was like, that is insane to me to tell a child they can't go to the bathroom. That's also a recipe for a bladder infection. <laughs> Rachel's medical court. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just saying like, there is this element I think where it's like control your desires. <laughs> even though it's Right. Like, like don't like, masturbate. As if kids like, are like, I'm just going to go to the bathroom whenever I want to get out of things. It's like, well, they also just have to go to the bathroom. Like, it's I remember hearing that and thinking, that's really mean. Like, Was it Andy? No. I don't know why I thought. <laughs> Andy just does that for sexual pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> that's when he's he's not the dom. He likes that. Well, I was like, it's called pee play. I was like, who was little? Like, who was in the 70s? I mean, I have no idea. He could have. <laughs> I have heard it from another person Anyways, I just feel like there are these things where it's like control yourself, like control. You can control your bodily functions and like it's insane. Like uh, anyways, I like I mean, I'm enraged hearing this. I didn't I purposely didn't read anything about this case. I purposely didn't read any news articles. I just wanted the Desi report (laughs) because I knew you were going to give it to me straight. And like I how I like it. (laughs) Don't at us. Don't at me. Okay. Oh, really? Don't at me after today. What happened? I had to put someone in their place on Twitter today. Right. It was a Hollywood crime. It was a Hollywood crime that happened. And I hope they're embarrassed. Right. So I'm curious. I mean, I feel like I'll update this story because it's still in the process of happening. Right. So maybe it'll be like a little uh, bonus episode or or just a tag on to the end of right. the next episode. Yeah. So I'll definitely follow the case and we yeah. can talk about it on our Facebook group. 
Did you like the story? I loved it. It was <laughs> so great. It, I'm so glad we did this this week on jazz. Right. Right I now. normally wouldn't have done a cult back to back, but I just felt like we had to cover this. And to... I actually didn't know anything about it. Like, yeah. And I feel like a lot of people have said that to me. They're like, what's the story here? Well, this is a huge breaking story that's right. happening. So. so that was sort of the hard thing too, because it was like finding this old information and then there was like all these news stories. Right. Uh, and it was like, <laughs> there's of course there's like, like the heavy, that website where yeah. it's like five fast facts you need to know about the sex call. <laughs> like dudes calm down like you can't do that about like every fucking story like no matter how horrible it is take this quiz to find <laughs> yeah, out what five kind things of- you need to know about the sex cult vanguard <laughs> it's like i don't need to know like let's talk about the victims in a respectful way please wow um there is a lot to look up online though like yeah there's like 2020 exposés like so there's video and i would do i didn't get a chance to watch the katherine oxenberg one uh but i want to check it out i do remember her story and i didn't put the the two together. Yeah. I do remember hearing the story that her daughter was in some kind of cult, cult thing, but I didn't know it was the same one until oh I was researching. God. I mean, seriously, thank God. I thank God every day that I didn't for as many horrible things I got involved with in my younger days. Right. I thank God every day I never got involved in a cult. Yeah. It seems. Well, like- I always think like, if I was on The Bachelor, I wouldn't even go bungee jumping just to prove I was adventurous. Like, I just don't. <laughs> I don't care. Like, I'm not going to do something I don't want to do. Like, oh, I would never go bungee jumping. I just, jumping. like, I don't, like, I don't think I'm built for it. I'm, I'm like, really comfortable saying no. So, I do, do you know things, what I mean? Like, I do things that are outside of my comfort zone. But, but I don't choice. do things to make, prove a fucking point if I really don't feel comfortable doing it. Right. Like if I really am like, this is not good. Well, there's a difference between doing it because you want to push yourself and because someone else is forcing you or peer pressuring you or whatever. Yeah. And I would never let someone brand me. I mean, come on. No. That's like. But they're all brainwashed. They're all brainwashed to that point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they, they set it up that way. Uh, Right. It's not their fault. I wouldn't have ever gotten to that point probably. Right. They are victims. No, they're victims. victims. No, definitely. So, um. All right, well, we'll keep you guys updated. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.